Thank you for listening to the show. I hope it inspires you and expands your view of what's possible in your journey of wealth creation. My hope is that through a repeated exposure to the ideas and the guests you will find here, your view of finance will change for the better. With that said, there's an important caveat that must be stated. The opinions you will hear on this show are just that, opinions. Please don't misconstrue any of what you're about to hear as legitimate financial advice. Do your own research and don't take anything at face value. Understand that everything you hear on this show is someone else's experience that may or may not work for you. I don't know you. I don't know your situation, so I can't tell you what to do. But I can tell you that the one goal of this podcast is to make you richer, wealthier, and ultimately more fulfilled as a human. I'm glad you're here. Please rate it, review it, share it with the people in your world that matter. And without further ado, enjoy the show. What's up, crew? Welcome to a fantastic Levels of Wealth episode. I'm here with my friend, Caleb. And uh, Caleb, I don't know how old you are, but with the first time I met you, I was like, how did you get in here? You you look, this becomes a good thing in old age. That's what I've been told. Like, oh, yeah, you, you look younger than, than you are. Um, you took over an investment banking department, the entire investment banking or the investment department at a bank when you were 19 um what bank was this by the way it was it was a community bank in central wisconsin so wisconsin amazing um and then you spent three years traveling the country uh being mentored by financial minds it sounds like you got into did you get into insurance game at this point or was this later that's yeah during that time i was that's when i got introduced to life insurance and i was you know, like everybody who's like good old Dave Ramsey, like, oh, life insurance is a horrible place to put your money. And then, then I, I learned that there may be some things about life insurance that I didn't understand. Gotcha. Okay. Here's my question for you. American fast food chains are still open in Russia. How does that make you feel? I, I, I don't have any good answer for that. I can only be so scripted. (laughs) I'm going to plead, I'm going to plead the fifth. Here's the deal. Yeah, I'm going to plead the fifth. I, I, I'm not going to comment on something I, I know very little about. What, what, how would you answer that, though? I would say that um, it's amazing to me that we live in a society that believes that shutting down services to a country is going to somehow help America. Here's what happened. China stepped in. China is going to partner now with Russia because Visa and MasterCard decided they don't want to do anything. Listen, nobody's going to say that war is a good thing. Nobody. I don't know anybody who thinks that the the Russian war of aggression is a wise or sensible thing to do. But there is something like sawing off the branch that you're sitting on. And it seems like no matter what happens, the United States government insists on doing that time and time again. So that's what I think about that. So props to the fast food restaurants for staying open, I guess it's not the citizens of Russians fault. Stupid. Right. Anyways. And, And we could, we can riff about this, about debt, because you you live in Dave Ramsey town and he's and he says like debt is bad cash is king well cash is currency which is a federal reserve note and oh by the way the moment we lo- lose to be the dollar we're we're screwed as a country and so that's just going back We've already to done it. yeah we did it we did it a week ago well we just pretty much insured the fall we we tanked the petrodollar and probably insured the last generation right here of uh, enjoying reserve currency status, in my yep. opinion. And, and that's, that would be how I would answer your question from a standpoint of, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm maybe a little bit more optimistic than you are, but the moment that happens, and like you said, it could have happened a week ago, uh, we are going to see 
significant downfall. And uh, it's going to be probably the worst decision since we went out off the gold standard uh, to this country. Yeah. Are you into crypto at all? Um, I, I'll plead the fifth as well. <laughs> I, I, yes, okay. I, I'm, is this going to be a listen, good interview or what? Listen, I, I am watching crypto. I own some currency and I, I do what you probably say not to do is I trust some of my friends with money that I'm totally okay going to zero. It's for sure going to be the future. Um, I believe majority of NFT projects are going to go to zero, but the way that we do transactions are going to be on the blockchain. And with these, with knowing the value of a dollar, and by the way, this is all fake money, but just knowing that money is literally going to be continue, like, like it's going to zero. I, yes. So the answer is yes. And I, and I wouldn't like, that's all I have on crypto. I gave you all my talking points in that one minute. So uh, that's, that's all I got. Talk to me about, you have here in your notes, um, future cash flow. And I think that yeah. people know what cash flow means, and then you can sort of get into like futures, but future cash flow uh, is, we use this in um, discounted cash flow, which right. would be the future cash flow of a business. You discount it because it's not present; it's future. Is that what you're talking about with future cash flow? Or are you more talking about like it kind of ensuring and incubating your future take home? No, I'm I'm more talking about if someone's going to do quote unquote financial planning, it should really be called future cash flow planning. Because why do you do what you do? Why do you save? Why do you invest? It should be to create a stream of cash flow because cash flow makes the world go round. And so mainly like financial planning 101 is one line represents what you're consuming. And if you're consuming $100 today, well, this thing called inflation, which is a little bit higher nowadays, um, tells me that you have, to, you have to spend more money just to maintain what you're currently spending today. So like, let's just say in 30 years, yeah, $100 now is 200. 200 is, that's just maintaining what you're currently spending today. And then cash flow planning is essentially saying, well, with your savings and investments and businesses and real estate, can that generate the cash flow to at least maintain what you're currently um, spending today? And as you know, 90 plus percent of people aren't even close to that. They need to do something different. And that's why like traditional financial planning has totally failed us because we're, we're like giving up control. We're deferring responsibility. Investments are not meant to translate into cash flow. And as a result, we're we're just so far behind on so many levels. What is what is your number one like system, if you will, for people who have they don't have any insurance, they've never done financial planning, everything's so custom that you can't give a blanket answer. But maybe in the last yeah. couple of years, like what's your what's your favorite strategy to utilize with people who are above two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year and want to grow it? So I'm I may or may not answer your question. I'm I'm a big fan of frameworks, and so I'll give you the okay. quick quick and dirty framework is number one, if you can't tell me what you really want uh, and what your internal values are, um, we can do a general financial plan for you. And I and there's certain things like cash flow and net worth and all those things that can be measured. But at the end of the day, clarity comes when you know what you want. Um, and then the second thing is, I have a belief that money only does two things. It's either saved or it's consumed. And consumption could be via taxes, it could be in debt, it could be, you know, going on your expensive coffee date, it could literally it could be tithing, it literally like doesn't matter when when you consume a dollar, it's gone forever. Or it's saved and invested and it could be saved in a savings account, it could be invested in the crypto or, or whatnot. Um, and so basically, my favorite strategy is getting super clear on where someone wants to go and looking at two areas. What are the areas that you're currently losing money, taxes, debt? spending, 
that you shouldn't be losing it to and trying to, and it's not nothing sexy. It's just like actually analyzing, are there any ignorant tax to, to your current lifestyle? And then when you save this whole savings, it that's, that really depends on what, what people like to do. I mean, I, I'm, we, we know each other because of life insurance. There's a lot of history that I have with that. And the more I learn about life insurance, the less I get like, it's awesome, but it's like, there's not, it's not that exciting to talk about, to be honest. Um, and so it really just depends on how can we be efficient and gain wealth um, and, and whether it's using life insurance as a foundational asset to do that, or whether it's investing directly into real estate, but ultimately investment should be measured on cash flow now and in the future. And so that would be, that would be the whole big thing. And then majority of people don't have very good risk protection and risk management. And so it's just like taking a step back and saying, Hey, Taylor, if something happened medically or whatnot, is there anything that I could do in one life event to totally derail you? And you'd be shocked. There are a lot of gaps that people have in just their financial life that they're one event away from having their whole empire crumble. And so clarity, cash flowing does two things in consumption. Is there any ways that we can find money that you're currently missing in savings? How do we actually measure that? That's with cash flow and making sure that the, there's risk protection just to make sure that everything's good to go. So I can tell you a way that you're missing out right now is you don't have enough money in crypto, which pays you a yield to hold it. That's right. What What is that? What is that app or what is that? There's like you can do you can do it, it, BlockFi, Celsius. Yep. Um, and this is my this is the thing. Gold just hit two thousand dollars, right. so Peter Schiff's probably like celebrating because he, uh, you know, he was right over the last hundred and fifty years of predictions. He got right one time, which is amazing. Um, but the thing that people aren't realizing is that in I believe gold is kind of not a it's kind of not a thing anymore. Hmm. What are we gonna do with it? What's the utility of gold? Right. Zero. What's the utility of silver? Like. When it comes down to it, com- commodities are growing. Everything's getting more expensive. It's getting more expensive because of inflation. It's not getting more valuable. Uh, when you look at the utility underneath the metaverse, and crypto is a part of that, you know, the, the Ethereum, for instance, which is what everything is going to be built on, you, you have the ability to invest in specific silos of utility that you are personally interested in, knowing that they are not only going to grow with the inflation, with the declining value of fiat, but we got to get to a certain place in the future where things are actually denominated based on a, a currency that is not devaluing. And then everything that's currently getting more valuable because of fiat is dead. Right. So I don't think people have quite understood. You should go listen back to the podcast to uh, the, the queen of web three. She just, she really, I, I was exhausted and exhilarated after that episode. If you haven't listened to it, you should check it out. Um, but you really should put some of that some of that money into uh, some stables. All right, man. I'll be hitting you up after. Uh, <laughs> Not financial advice. It's just if you don't want to be poor. But I'm just kidding. But that would be an example of that would be an example of okay. If you're saving zero, you're not able like you're you're done. So if you have savings, then where are you going to put that in? And it's your not professional advice. It's your opinion that yes. that uh, crypto is going to be an asset class that is going to outperform almost every other asset class, including gold. It's not even an opinion. You just need to read a history book. It's like at a certain point, you know, when, when, when the adoption curve is as high, this is our, my new phrases, value investing is dead. Adoption investing is here. Interesting. Because everything right now is running off of adoption users and network effects. And so when the adoption curve is as high as it is, 
look at what happened with the internet, you know, a decade and a half ago. Yeah. And we're seeing adoption curves that dwarf what the adoption curve it was on the internet. Now, and some like this is different than like NFT investing. NFT is technology that's like a little bit different. Uh, but I don't think that there's a way around uh, the serious advantage that these kinds of currencies bring. Look at look at Ukraine right now. I think they raised seventeen million dollars through Bitcoin and yep. Ethereum. It's like who would have thought that we would have been in a like everybody. I I personally really enjoy some of these crypto bros uh, on Twitter, but a lot of them are like, "Oh, Bitcoin's stupid. There's no utility." It's like you're the stupid one, idiot. Like look at the utility of of Bitcoin is that you cannot. You can't block it. You can't ban it. Right. And you, you can't uh, brick it through a government or the Federal Reserve. The utility is the fact that it can't be messed with. And that was always the intention from the beginning. And I'm not a maximalist or anything. I just think that, you know, it's it's funny that if you get too far into the gaming crypto, you're like, Bitcoin is, is a scam. It's like, no, actually, fiat USD is a scam. Like, actually, you've got it backwards. Where do you think, um, I asked Chris Robinette this question. Where do you think some of these mutual companies go with Web3 and with crypto? Have you thought about it? I've, I've thought a lot about it. And I think it's, I mean, other than Mass Mutual making a, you know, what, what did they put $100 million into, into uh, was it Bitcoin or crypto? I'm not sure. It was like an which investment. like a dollar for us. Yeah, which, was, which is, you know, pocket change. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. It makes a ton of sense when you look at, you know, the medical records. And it makes a ton of sense on how everything like works and how much wasted energy and time um, to use blockchain, not just for the investment and underlying asset, but ultimately for like, why are we, why are we spending weeks trying to go through underwriting when it could literally be all on the blockchain? So I, I, don't, I don't know. That's probably going to be more on the medical side. I think from a standpoint of there's got to be some innova- innovation that happens to say like, hey, how can we take the actuarial science of, of life insurance and how, how do we combine it with a, an asset class? And, and really the question I have back for, to you is like, I think it really is needs, there needs to potentially be a little bit more stable um, because life insurance or just these mutual companies are playing this 30, 40, 50 year game and they're, they're investing in exciting bonds and treasuries and like, re, like large real estate holdings. And so it's just one of those things where it will be interesting on how they manage risk. Um, but I think it's only a matter of time. My question for you is we're talking about, you, you mentioned Ethereum and then you also mentioned Bitcoin. Do like, are they to the, to the person like myself, are they the same thing? I know they're different, but like, I've been hearing a lot of people that I highly respect saying like, Hey, a a lot of these things are going to be built on Ethereum. And, and so like, but is am I just a, an idiot not to put any money in Bitcoin, or is it one of those things where Bitcoin is like the coin, so that as, when crypto increases, Bitcoin's just going to win by default? Well, everything seems to be pegged to Bitcoin right now. All of your altcoins and um, it, it's all following Bitcoin. I think that so the CCP China has their own, you know, their own digital thing that they're working on. Mm-hmm. The Federal Reserve is rumored uh, to want to build their own thing, but really it, it seems like it could be the what I'm seeing right now is it could be kind of the battle between the Western digital and the Eastern digital. And the currency of the East is controlled by the CCP and the currency of the West seems to be Bitcoin at the current moment. Um, I don't think that Web3 presents the same winner takes all type of approach, though. 
And I think that's where it, it can sometimes bend the mind because we're used to network. Like we're kind of used to the world of network effects. That's, right. you know, like Facebook, and but we're web two network effects and web three is a little bit different in, in terms of like, it's based on trust community and user adoption, but not in the way that Facebook is based on user adoption. Nobody's going to trust the federal reserve uh, cryptocurrency. And there's a precedent for the United States government saying, hey, you're going to go to jail if you don't use this currency. That's what they did with the gold standard. It's like you literally, and I think people forget this. Like we right. forget our history. Like you were fined or thrown in jail if you didn't turn your gold certificates in. Right. Um, and so, you know, could that happen again? I guess, but I, I don't see it necessarily as likely. They're different. Bitcoin is I think the most, it's the highest adoption, which means it's therefore the safest because the more people use it. Mm-hmm. Ethereum and Solana and Luna yeah. and some of these other ones have a lot more upside to them because the reality is Bitcoin, for Bitcoin to 10x is a really big deal, but for Solana to 10x is not that big of a deal. Right. Um, so you're getting it earlier. Um, and everyone's like, oh, Solana, like it had issues. It's like, yo, it's in beta. Like it's been in beta. It's just coming out of beta in different tranches. And so I don't, I, I think Solana is one of my favorite investments right now. Um, that said, if you don't have any Ethereum, you just don't, you don't like money. <laughs> right. And and this could be a very ignorant question, but Ripple, they're, what what is their, their technology? Is Is it, it's it's not Solana. It's, it's like US. I have no idea, actually. Okay. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. In fact, there's. Um, I was. Ex- I was at an event last week, and you might in- actually enjoy this because of the way your mind works. We were talking about the um, the stages of of competency, and you know, everybody starts at the bottom and right. they are unconsciously uh, incompetent, and then they are consciously incompetent, unconsciously competent, and consciously competent. And I tend to stop at like level three. Right. There are very few things in my life that I go all the way to level four because the reality is like, I want to know enough about something to not get hurt by it or to understand the utility of it. I'm right. not by any means a crypto expert or, you know, I'm some of these guys, I listen to their podcasts. It's like, what in the, you are just <laughs> so smart in this area. But you know, I was, I'll never forget, dude. I, tell me if this happened to you, but like I was texting a buddy of mine about seven months ago. Mm-hmm. And there's this really, really successful podcast that I like to listen to. And man, this guy is a genius. And I want to get to know him. And I wanted to bring him on the podcast. And and, and I, w- I knew my buddy knew him. And I found out how much money he made. And it was just a reminder to me of the value of going yep. deep and narrow. Yep. Uh, because like it, he makes one-twentieth of the amount of money that, that I make. And it's not all about money. But you would think that he would be so have so much income because of how smart he is. And sometimes things just really right. are, I'm reminded by the fact that it's like, it's not just impl- information, it's implementation. That's right. And with crypto, I know enough to implement on like the top four or five past that. Right. I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. I appreciate it's a great question. I'm just yeah, not smart yeah, enough so to answer. Ripple and XRP highlight that. And Share it with the people that are smarter than you because I've I've been hearing a lot from people that I highly highly respect and there seems to be like that could be something not investment advice could be something interesting when you look at the Fed and I know you mentioned people's trust for the Fed but it, it's like U.S. government better get going on something and there's a lot of banks that are getting behind this technology and so if I know anything about banking uh, usually banks aren't taking the 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 bag usually they're ahead of the game and so all in all it's something that i'm looking into but i appreciate you saying that because i don't want to be ignorant but i also like 
I agree with you. Like there's, if I look at where my mindset's at, it's actually not even much financial. It's like figuring out leadership and management and scaling. Um, because yeah. for me, it's one of those things where like, at least for, for right now, when it comes to our currency, like there's a lot more opportunity today for me to gain competency in those and implement than um, be super smart or speculate on, on some investment. But but again, like I don't want to be ignorant what are you trying to learn in the leadership space? What, what's, what's the current problem you're facing? Yeah, right, right now it, it has a lot to do with um, just you get what you tolerate. And um, I have for, for there, was, there was a period of time for about like 15 months where I was like, you know what, I'm going to delegate everything. And we just, it was too soon. It was, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I, like I delegated and it was, it was translated into poor leadership. I was like, oh, just I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to let other people deal with it. And what I realized is I delegated too fast. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I know all the delegation talking points, but what, what I needed to do is I needed to lead. I needed to then manage with clear expectations and the expectations were lacking. So as a result, we have a bunch of people that love the mission, love people, serve people incredibly well, and yet we're working at a fraction of what we could be and it's not their fault, it's my fault because I did not clearly articulate what we needed. And then I'm I'm don't hold people accountable. It's like you like it's I'm like the I'll let anything go as long as you have a good attitude. And and so I just realized that I'm like, okay, um, business, like what is the purpose of business? I believe the purpose of business is to create a profit. Um, and so it's like, well, then I suck at business because we're not as pro- we're not nearly as profitable as we could be. And, and so that's just one of the things that I'm going through. I'm uh, reading some Dan Kennedy books, uh, which I don't agree hundred yeah. percent with him, but it, it's, I, I mean, needed I to would, hear that message. I would balance, I would balance out the Dan Kennedy with some like Jim Collins yep. and some like more traditional. Cause I think you can get into a really dangerous spot when the, when the North star of the business becomes profit, because right. everything that you do from that point forward becomes transactional. Right. And uh, for us, it's like, if, if you study the greatest companies that have ever existed, like th- these are like your, some of them are still around. Some of them are not like right. most of them had this uh, North star of service and impact and profit became a byproduct. And when you move profit to the byproduct, you get more profit than you do chasing it directly. Right. And, and this would be a good conversation for us to have because I, one of my favorite books is good to great. And I'm a huge fan of Stephen Covey and huge fan of Simon Sinek and like leaders eat last. And we, you know, so I would say that I 100% agree with you, but what I, I would always go to, Oh, is everybody happy? Like we're doing a good thing. But, but Taylor, like we were like patting ourselves on the back saying, yeah, we're like a, seven plus figure company we're doing good work and people love what they're doing and like there's something deep down that i'm going like no like we're not we're like fooling ourselves like we're we're actually not a business and and so i needed a little bit of like okay i love the start with why i love eaters eat last like for the longest time i've been deferring to build culture and build the company that we needed and we needed that next step to be like okay what needs to take us to the next level it's not me delegating it's actually me leading but not by doing more, but by just being super, super clear about these are the metrics and this is what we're going to hold everybody, including myself, accountable to. So I appreciate you saying that. And for anyone that knows me knows that I struggle on the actual get crap done and less on the like everyone loves better wealth who work for us. 
it just it's just one of those things where there there's some improvement that needs to happen and it really comes back to leadership. Yep. Hundred percent. Um are you guys doing mostly planning as revenue right now or are you still doing whole life and are you doing products? Like what's your business model like right now? Yeah, so majority of our revenue actually comes from life insurance. So we we have clients in pretty much all fifty states. And so people come to us through that. We we have Dariba.com, which is a tax company. Um, we have uh, Garrett Gunderson's a good friend and has been coaching us on the coaching side. So we actually have a coaching business that does workshops that's modeled after Wealth Factory. It's, you know, I'm biased, but, you know, it's it's very much like we are walking in their footsteps. We have an RIA, which we um, essentially manage assets and it's hope it's help. It's like a retirement arm side of our business. And then we also have software that we're, it's going to be a 2023 play where we're going to give tools to the consumer that helps them, whether it's them coach on their own or use that tool to buy their products. And so that's overall majority of our revenue still comes from life insurance, but now we're trying to diversify because I don't want to be the the kid that's just pushing a product. Um, I don't think that's the right way to plan. And I think people can see through that, but I think you're you have more credibility when you're saying, hey, this is why I believe this. And there's other avenues and other people. Um, so that's, that's, that's essentially how our business is set up. And uh, I think tax is going to be the next big thing for us to focus on. Nice. Yeah, we had Garrett on the show and he's like just a brilliant mind, but also such an, um, an authentic. Yeah, super authentic. Being. Yep. I think that's that's sometimes the risk of um, that. I see that a lot, where it's the authenticity of someone declines with their notoriety. Yep. There's a few people that I know, and I'm starting to get to know them even even lately really well. Where it's like the higher their notoriety gets, the more they the more authentic they become, and I really enjoy spending time with those people. Garrett would be one of those I would consider. What would you tell people? People ask me this all the time. I don't have a good answer for them. They're like, it, it sounds like this. I'm at an event or online or whatever. They're like, what what books would you recommend for me to get started? I'm like, yo, I've read so many books on this and I've spent 400 grand in planning. And it's like, I don't know what to tell them. I know you have a book that's that's really good, actually. You um, you sent it to me a while ago. It's the And Asset, talking about whole life insurance and kind of how you can get your cake and eat it too. We'll put that in the show notes. But do you have any other uh, any other training materials or anything that people can go to just to start learning the style of thinking? Are you talking about life insurance? Just everything. Consider yeah. it an open-ended, yeah. wide canvas for you to paint. Paint as you would like to paint right now, yeah. sir. So I can't wait to promote your future book because uh, you know I have a running question that I ask a ton of successful people that I meet. What's your favorite book? And what do you think they all say, or majority of them say? Rich dad, poor dad, um, which is which is. A, for sure a paradigm shifter and you like have to read that book just to be relevant just to at least communicate with where people are communicating um i think uh robert kiyosaki does a pretty good job shifting like okay what is an asset and cash flow when you're financially free when you have enough cash flow to you know fund expenses i just think there's so many things left off the table and it's almost like oh I just need to buy real estate. Just like people could be listening to you like, oh, Taylor, like if I just buy crypto, I'm going to be good. That's not what you're saying. Um, but it's like, okay, that that was a big book as it relates to, okay, having the framework, but then you have to go deeper. Another book that I read that I'm actually a big fan of is The Psychology of Money. I do not agree with all the points. And even the author 
um, the way that he manages his money. Like I don't, I wouldn't do the same, but what I appreciate is he's talking about, um, this concept of like living life on your terms and it's like making sure that money is fitting you. And, and I, and I appreciate that. I appreciate him even saying like, yeah, having a paid off house financially doesn't make sense, but it makes me feel better. And so I, yeah. I'm going to do it. And I, I actually like, I went from all the being like, if you have a paid off house, you're an idiot to like, okay, I can appreciate the, that mindset. And cause you have one life. And so o- overall, like those would be, those would be like two books that I would, I would like ask people to look into. Cause I think they're, you know, two books that I think are two different perspectives, but will help, help. Um, and then I'm a big fan of Naval. I try to read and listen to his, his stuff frequently because he just helps me think differently from a standpoint of leverage and value creation and actually how to articulate value and not just, not just be like, oh, provide value. But it's like, okay, how can I create levers? Because I ultimately want to invest in value leveraging. I want to invest in things that provide value, but know that the levers will create, will amplify that value. And I think that's, you know, in the time of age we live in, the the people that will really be able to build wealth will be able to create, uh, invest in value leveraging. And that's why you love crypto so much because you see all the utility that crypto can have. It's not just this magic thing. It's like, it's going to create more demand because of the leverage that it's built in. And very few people can articulate that, but they will. So it's like, if you can be, yeah. if you can invest in something that has massive ability to create value and amplify that value in the world, and you know that people are going to get on board five years from now, it, it's just like investing in Facebook and Microsoft or anything else when people are like, oh, I don't know about this whole computer thing or internet thing. So that's that's kind of how I view crypto. I'm not an expert, but the reason why I know it's going to be a thing is I value leveraging. It follows, it checks all the same boxes. And so those would be, those would just be some resources that I'm, I'm present to. And then I, I follow people like you because at the end of the day, um, books, like they're just, they're so, like, they're good in theory, but if you want to get like really into the times, you have to, you have to follow people that are willing to tweet and put out and be authentic and what the, what's working, what's not. And I'm, I'm spending majority of my time trying to figure out how to value businesses buy and sell businesses because it's something that I love. And if I went to zero, like I would go back and grind in business and I would find it it joyful. Um, I would hate my life if I was trying to read technical analysis on crypto. So, so I know I said a lot, but those are some of the things that I'm paying attention to. I love everything that you're saying. I do wish that I had more time to, uh, to publish yeah, more time to go into like one of the things that I'm doing right now, I was just telling uh, one of my business partners this morning that I have three goals for the year. Uh, only three, everything else is already locked in. The first is I want to learn how to trade options. Why is because, because it's fun. It's, it's a, my, my brain with like gambling, but not all luck is like perfect recipe. I want to learn how to sell from stage because I think that yeah. that would be fun. And then the third thing is I want to learn how to go hunting because I have a truck now. And if you have a truck, you need to go hunt. Um, and he was, he was laughing at me because they seem so simple, but it's, it's, it's the simplest things that almost sometimes take us the longest to get to. And uh, I would love to sit and run technical analysis on stocks. Like I would just, I love consuming information. I was mm-hmm. thinking about this over the weekend. Like, cause if you follow me on Twitter, like I, I go off on the weekends. And I like today, I haven't tweeted all, I don't think all day or maybe once this morning because I'm busy. I've had 11 meetings today 
and I run eight companies and I don't get the time sometimes to, to step away and see what's going on in the world. Um, if it weren't for market movers, I'd have no idea what's going on ever. Right. I just pull up market movers and, and that's my lifeline. Uh, but it isn't it interesting that sometimes the most exciting things to do, yeah. the most impactful things for us to do, sometimes we make the mistake of, of deprioritizing them. And then we get to the end where we've achieved this level of yep. success or fulfillment or, or financial achievement. And we realize that we could have done what we wanted to do all along. It sounds like you're getting, you're getting to that place now where you realize that you can do whatever you want to do. And yep. just make sure that you get to do it for the next 20 years happily. So, so I'm going to share this and I appreciate you sharing what you just shared. Um, one thing that I realized that I was like super hip, hypocritical on is the power of documentation, like the power of video. One thing that I did uh, two or three years ago is I sat down with my grandparents who I have a ton of respect for. If you ask me like who I want to become, it's so, like my grandpa, he brought yeah. a ton of people to the Lord. He was, he was an amazing human being. He's still alive. And like I interviewed him with my grandma and they talked about how they met, how they lost one of their oldest kids in a car wreck and just like how they grew up, the values, what they're hoping for their grandchildren. And I like, I like have this sense that I'm going to have kids and they're not going to meet my grandparents. And it was like that two hour, two hour activity that creates so much value. And I'm not saying like from a, it's going to be worth a million dollars, but like so much value for like my kids' kids. And I was thinking from a standpoint of like, okay, like why, like why am I not just intentional about sharing these concepts and getting it videoed? I don't care if you watch it. Like, why am I not doing it for myself? Like, I realize that that like I'm externally value, like valuing other people's opinions and realizing like, man, I'm, I'm spending time doing things that I don't even want to do. They don't even matter to me, but like, that's what a CEO should do. And I'm not doing like, I'm always like my excuse for not creating more content is I don't have someone following me around 24 seven. Well, it's like, and I don't know how to edit. So just recently, man, I was like, I'm going to do a video a day. I'm, I do not care if anyone sees it. I'm not like, it's, it's unlisted videos, but I'm going to do that because that activity is going to make me a better human being. I'm going to start, you, you know how many ideas I have in the shower that are like semi-brilliant? And so I'm going to start, it's, you know, one, once a month I'll have something and it's like, I'll, but if I get an activity of start documenting and journaling and I'm not a good writer, I'm dyslexic, but I can talk. So I'm like, if I could talk into a camera and if I did this for a year, would I be a better human being if no one watched? The answer is yes. And I realized that it was that internal value that was being suppressed. And so it was just one of those things where I'm just having like, I'm, this is one of the things that I'm like becoming more aware of, but I think about me being dead and it not mattering, but the thought of impacting someone potentially 200 years from now, when I'm like decayed, that is insane to me. That is insane to me. And the fact is, and YouTube's not going to be around in 200 years, but video, if kept well, will be, I think. (laughs) And so it's like, man, like, how can I create activities to potentially make a difference for my grandchildren's children? And I want to be the main speaker at my funeral because that's for the first time that everyone will be listening. (laughs) They'll like actually be paying attention. So these are just some of the things I'm having like epiphanies recently. And I realized that the reason I haven't been doing it is external excuses. So I've learned to edit. I I suck as an editor, but it's one of those things that I'm not going to delegate and I'm just going to do because that activity is going to make me more intentional. Well, dude, here's the thing that you're saying that's wrong. And everything else you said is good, except for this one thing. 
the the fact is you could potentially be alive in 200 years you look at the advancements yeah. that are happening right now i know there's some like weird christian stuff so they're like no you can't live past it's like just just settle down but when you look at biotech yeah. and how everything is kind of trending man like there's a better than average shot that we could live quite a long time now half of that is mindset so the people who are like no nah, no way it's like we're gonna die first correct psycho totally fine with me uh but i'm putting my money uh you know on s- some of these biotech softwares that like they marry the uh, supplements with the right. technology with the testing like viome v-i-o-m-e yep they're not a sponsor or anything i just like freaking love them uh, it's amazing. Like yeah. it's amazing that they can test your body and say, Hey, here's what you're deficient in and then send you customized supplements yeah. to fix that. Yeah. So anyways, any questions that I should have asked you that I didn't because of time or whatever? No, man, I, I appreciate, I appreciate what you're building and how you think. And I, I flew to Tennessee to capture an interview last minute because I just, I believe you're, you already have an audience, but like if I had to put money on somebody building their audience, it, it would be on you because you're like, you're just like, I can't put you in a box, which I like. And I think in this world, people like people are way more deep and like they're not as dumb as maybe we think they are. And I just appreciate how you have your, your practical, you're authentic. And yet you, we can jam about certain things that I can honestly say I have no idea about. And so I appreciate that about you. And it's an, it's an honor to come on the show and it's a, it's an honor to be in your community. And, um, I'm going to officially move out to Tennessee. Uh, come on, man this, this, uh, later this year. And so I'm just excited to get to know your team better and, um, appreciate this time, man. Uh, likewise, there are three types of people. We'll end the show with this. And there's three types of people in the world. There are people who live in Tennessee. Uh, (laughs) there are people that don't, but they want to. And then there are the unlucky souls who live in Austin, who we all make fun of. Right. That's it. That's all I got. And, uh, thanks for coming on the show and we'll probably have you back again soon. Perfect, man. Thank you. All right, man. You got it.